0: Competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the raiding, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world.
1: The magic.
0: What's up, everybody? I'm magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show episode 444. Mr. Samich. Huzzah!
1: Huzzah! Huzzah!
0: Huzzah! <laughs> I, got, uh, I got good news and bad news for everybody. Uh, the good news is we do have a fun show, 444, yeah. and plus we're going to give you uh, hopefully some five, five big winners here. The bad news, if you just watch Blinkers Off, ain't no way in hell we're going to be able to top that. Uh, fantastic two hour show.
1: I have a surprise for you. This oh, no. morning, I sent 444 texts out to people, and I got videos back from every single one of them. <laughs> so we've got 444 questions coming up just for everybody in the chat here. Uh,
0: we almost were four minutes late, Shadi, <laughs> just because we, Blinkers Off ran a little late, so we were both watching it still. Um, yeah, Michael says it'd be hard to tell Blinkers. We're not even going to try it. If you have it, if you're listening Perfect to the podcast, off
1: yeah,
0: uh, what, probably, yeah, definitely one of the best they've ever done. Um, if not the best so go check that out if you haven't yet um once you get done with us but we've got you here for Oaklawn's late pick five
1: and mike sandwich is excited uh because he absolutely loves this track can't wait man and you know what we're just gonna we're going back to an old school pick five angle find the hardest race and just go ahead and single it so you can spread everywhere else let's go baby
0: i can't believe you did that we'll find out what race that is in just a little bit let's get right into it buddy riders up Right, Mike here we go first leg of the late pick five at oakland park on saturday february 25th race eight it's the first of back-to-back n2x allowance races for older males going six furlongs clearly a lot of interest in this condition at this distance oh, yeah. uh, field of nine in this first one where'd you go on top
1: well i actually really like how they set this card up a lot of times when we do these these cards on saturday it's just five stakes I kind of like the fact that we've got a couple N2X allowances. We've got a mess of a maiden special at the end. And then we've got those two nice stakes races stuck in between. So I thought this was kind of a fun sequence to go over. Uh, of course, I put Mucho on top, right? I mean, you got to Oh, wait. No, no, I didn't. Uh, give me the one flapjack on top. One thing before we get into this as well. It's supposed to rain at Oakland over the weekend. So I did handicap this, assuming there'd be a little moisture in the track. In that case, flapjack looks awfully tough. He's 0 for 10 on fast dirt. He is three for six when it's wet, including back to back wins at this track, at this distance. I think Flapjack's able to get the lead from the rail is going to be really hard to catch in this spot. So I I went with one Flapjack on top.
0: So did I. And then for all the right reasons, or for all the same reasons you said, and you know, um, none of his three career wins prior to this recent Terry's been on when he went gate to wire, none of those wins were gate to wire. There could be a a speed duel that sets up, um, or, you know, depending on how things break. I love that he's breaking from the rail. He might just sit second behind Improbable Journey, uh, the five horse in here. He runs back for a tag for a fifty thousand dollar tag, but they got him for thirty thousand. Hartman's a great trainer. He's having a great meet at Oakland Park, and if your lizard blink goes off, is actually something Aaron just talked about. When you see a good claiming trainer like Hartman claiming and running back for higher, like in this case. It's a great sign. Uh, again, I love that we're breaking from the rail with this horse. He's got a lot of speed. I only went too deep. I think you used the other one as well, the number nine, Fitzpatrick. A uh, big reason for me. Johnny V's hopping aboard a horse that's got four wins, 10 exactive finishes from 20 starts, who so is consistent. Joe Sharp uh, has him first start here. But it's interesting that uh, they bought him last November for $45,000, and then they're going to throw him right in here, protected. Seems like a good spot. It's a tough spot for him to come, uh, come back. I think this was the easier of the two uh the, the, like the two similar races meaning race nine this i thought was an easier spot so we got lucky with that draw um you know eight good works over the track leading up to the return so he's got a good foundation there he is a closer so he's going to need things to he's going to need a bit of a pace uh meltdown hopefully he doesn't love getting a bunch of slop kicked in his face because that's exactly what he's going to get uh being last of nine going uh down the backstretch there uh did i miss anything about why you like the nine
1: He's hit the board six to seven times in slop. Hasn't won in it, but for an off track, he is six for seven in the money, so I do like that factor as well. I think the pace will probably set up, but Joe Sharp and, and Velasquez was the main reason for me here. Like you mentioned, they're protecting this horse, have him in after pulling, taking him from New York. I think the, you know, this is probably similar, maybe a little bit easier than what he's been facing up in New York, so I think there's a little bit of a class drop, although not too much there. Uh, so I did have the nine here. Actually, my third horse in, I had Spankster the six as my second, this horse just kind of seemed to have turned a corner a couple of races back and has consistently gotten better here early in that four-year-old season. We're going to talk about Life is Hard uh, later here in the, the sequence. Spankster ran uh, third behind Life is Hard and Cogburn last time out. That was the first time trying kind of that, that an upper-level condition allowance. The pace, again, is one that I think will set up well here for Spankster, too. So if the rail horse flapjack isn't able to go gate to wire, I think Spankster and Fitzpatrick are two of the log- logical horses that could be able to come from off it and, and be able to, to win the race. Uh, so I went with both of them, and then I went uh, 40 here. So I went with Albizu as well, the eight horse. Uh, this is another one where you're going to need the pace set up, but this horse loves that muddy track. Two races over the slop, two, one win, one second. Uh, the Both of those are here at Oakland. or One was at Oakland, one at Remington. The Oakland was the victory, and what I thought was a pretty tough race as well, edge-to-edge, edge, finished third in that race, ended up coming back to win next time. And you kind of have to draw the line through the last race. I mean, this horse handles the fast track well. So I'm not going to draw a line through for that reason. But if you go back and you watch the replay, the horse bobbled pretty bad at the start. I uh, was pretty much out of it at that point. So you draw through line through the last one for Al- Albizu. I think he fits as well here. So I'm going to spread a little bit here to kick off, go one, six, eight, nine. Now, you and I uh,
0: both handicap this, thinking there's definitely going to be a, a bit of an off track. It's not going to be fast on Saturday. Neither of us use the five improbable journey who I think if the one doesn't get the lead, they, the five is, it might be a little touch faster. Um, only one race in the slop and one gate to wire by four and a half lengths here at Oaklawn back in December. Uh, Gabriel Sayos was aboard.
1: He's back here again. These are connections that could surprise. Did you consider the five at all? I did um, because I like the one on top as the reason I didn't include the five. I think if the one beats the five to the punch, then the five is going to be in a lot of trouble. And I think if the five pushes the one, then I've got the logical horses that'll close, right? And so that's kind of why I felt like you could leave the five off here. I wouldn't talk anyone off adding the five. My ticket's 64 bucks with a single. If you want to throw the five on here as well, I don't don't hate it. I think this could be one of the tougher races. And I joked about Mucho, but like even Mucho at 15 to 1 does make a little bit of sense here if this thing completely collapses, which you're going to need the one and the five to burn it up early for that to happen. Don't you dare.
0: Stop talking about Mucho. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I see Michael Olsen in the chest yeah. is, is, uh, with you on 189. Um, my issue with the six, I really didn't want to take Dwayne Lucas at a short price <laughs> in a spot like this uh, with a horse that I wasn't super confident in to begin with. So taking a shot against the five Spanish here, but using the two to one morning line favorite. Uh, And that's flapjack. Let's move on. Mike, second leg of the late pick five at Oakland Park on Saturday, February 25th, race nine. It's the second of the back to back races here. Six furlongs n
1: two X allowance for older males. Field of 10 in this spot. Where'd you go? I went with Golden Hornet on top. I'm going to go right back to the gate to wire idea. I think Golden Hornet is just faster than the rest of this group. Uh, Another four year old. So early in that four year old season. But uh, it's looked really, really impressive. All three of the last starts. Uh, lost to Town of Twist and Mrs. Bean's la- two-back and three-back, but then came back and was able to win, basically going Gates-Wire last time out, uh, I thought showed a ton of heart, too, because essentially, if you go back and watch the replay, a horse comes right up to Golden Hornet, and Golden Hornet just digs in and then reopens up. I think you've got the speed of the speed on the two, who's improving at the right time. Four to one, decent price here because Osborne's going to get hammered, the four horse. So I- I'll have to put Golden Hornet the two on top.
0: We agree on that one as well.
1: Fastest horse in the race. Easily see him go gate to wire here. We
0: agreed again. We agreed on two horses, the other one being the nine. Life is hard. Excuse me. Sorry, I just had a coughing fit while you were speaking. Uh, You talked about him in the last race. This horse, four starts at Oakland. Two wins, the two losses. Both defeats came by a neck. He is pace dependent. He's going to need them to come back to him in the slop here. But again, if we think that a lot of these horses maybe don't like the slop and can't really move forward in it, I feel like life is hard to be able to get that job done.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're also second out, uh, second off a layoff here in the five-year-old season. That's a pretty lengthy layoff, almost six months. Ran well in that first start back. Cogburn, very good horse who ended up winning that uh, $100,000, $105,000 non-winners, or non-winners three lifetime allowance. Munding's also very good, very, very good off tire. So the fact that this horse hasn't run over the slop, but should be able to improve, the nine lay bazaar just makes a ton of sense here in this spot as well. Uh, not wonderful prices there, so it, it's hard to – got to you got you to gotta spread somewhere in here if you're going to try and take a shot. And that horse for me was the three chasing time. I'm going go to go to our boy, Joel Rosario, who has found his winning ways once again at Oakland. He's become he's – all of a sudden, a lot better again there. And this is an Ashton horse which had quite a bit of hype, ran in multiple graded stakes last year, was never really good enough to do so, comes back off of a five-month layoff last time out, first out as a four-year-old. And runs okay. Not great. Not terrible. Wasn't off that great. You're Getting a jockey upgrade here. The horse should be able to handle the wet track. Two races over it. Has two second places. Not this time. An absolute fire sire right now. Um, I expect you're going to see one of Chasing Time's better efforts. And 12 to 12-1, to I'm willing to take a shot on a horse that's going to be able to close into this pace if it is too hot up front. I'm just going to wait to figure out you're muted. Ah, damn it. See, I was
0: so trying so hard
1: to make sure I didn't do that this time.
0: Shoot. It's because, you know what, I'm going <laughs> to blame on the fact that I keep coughing yeah. and I don't want to just go uh, 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 into the microphone. Ten minutes. All right, this again. Well, Chasing time. Great horse if you want to try and play trifecta, superfecta, 12 to 1. People, I think, are still going to be slow to react to Rosario starting to uh, win races again. Uh, by the way, great to see that. Really happy for that. Um, I'm a little worried just because he hasn't won since uh, that Oakland Park allowance in January 14th a couple of year a uh, year ago. Um he's had some good efforts. He was way over his head. You know the My Race Horse folks were very high on this horse's chances going into last year's Derby Trail and it just didn't come to fruition for him. 6 furlongs I'm a little worried might be a little too short for him. His two wins came at 7 furlongs and a 2 turn mile here but again I think he's a great horse to play underneath. I don't want to touch him to win but you know, that I understand
1: why you're doing it. It's just not something I would do. See, I I don't disagree with you that he is a, a logical underneath candidate. My issue is if you run second or third here, you're not getting 12 to one on him next time out. You're getting more of that five to one, four to one range. And I want the 12 to one, not the four to one. And so I would rather be a little early than a little late when responding to chasing time here. And Ashton Rosario is a pretty good combination there at Oakland. And I do think the pace sets up well, whereas I agree with you. He probably is a little bit better if he goes a little bit longer, but if he has the pace to run into, that could be a, a, a kind of an equalizer there for chasing time. And again, look, I'm, I'm using the two is four to one. I'm using the four is eight to five. I'm using the nine is three to one. I want to sprinkle a price in here. And when I go through this board, he by far is the most logical price in this spot in my mind to be able to get the job done
0: uh third and final horse for me dr tang said it and if i can get to work there the diodoro juice on the number one way akin he's gonna be first off the claim for diodoro for the second time four starts back diodoro claimed this horse for 40k ran him back for 40k horse one by eight legs magical improvement Lost him for 40k with that win, then claimed him back out of the next start for 80k. They bought him back for so literally they got $44,000 for winning that race, $40,000 for the horse beating claimed off of them. Took all that money and rolled it back and said, Let's get him back again. Uh, he was eighth after a really troubled trip in that last race, uh, or or, uh, in that race where he got claimed out of. Theodore running back protected last time out, runs it back protected again. Here he had another troubled trip, he got third place. Kavod, the winner of that race, is a multiple stakes winner, so no shame there. Um I'm going to disagree with you. I think this is the best price to play uh, unless you were looking for double digit, of course, eight to one, 12 to one. There's a little bit of a difference, but um, I'm definitely going to go with the number one here as well.
1: Yeah. I I looked at the one and the 10 as the two other horses that I considered putting on the ticket. And if, if I wanted to get aggressive, no, no, I don't. I I think, (laughs) I I think it's tough to leave the four off here. Osborne who the last race is is good enough to beat this field. The question of whether or not he's going to run back to that is really the key there. Um, So I, Hmm. 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 I'm gonna well, stick with the, I'm gonna stick with the two, two, three, four, nine. I the one and the ten, like I said, were the two that I went back and forth. And, I, and the the trouble on the ones last two trips, I think, are really awfully interesting, as well as the reclaim. Uh, hmm. Nah, I'm sticking <laughs> with it. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> uh a great point here from uh,
0: from our buddy car ramrod it was last year last meet when this happened whenever it rained or even drizzled as he says at oakland park it seemed like any munnings progeny would wind up in the winter circle i totally forgot about that uh the sevens damn sires munnings the eight and the nine are both sired by munnings so mike we could keep that going here if nine life is hard gets the job done for us
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's like I mentioned, Munnings right off the top as well. And it's just a wonderful mud sire um, and specific tracks. I think the Oakland reference is great. Specific tracks somehow played a specific mud sires as well. And Oakland and Munnings has always been one of those that's lined up together. <laughs> All
0: right, Mike, let's move on. To the third leg of the late pick five at Oakland Park on Saturday, February 25th. Race 10, the grade three honeybee stakes for 12, three old fillies like going a mile on the 16th. 50 Kentucky Oaks points to the winner. And last year's winner was Secret Oaks. she will be back in the Zeri Stakes in a few weeks here at Oaklawn. Also won the Kentucky Oaks and uh, looked pretty damn good in the the Arkansas Derby. I can't remember. Anyways, all that to say, maybe we have another Oaks winner come out of this race. Where'd you go on top?
1: Uh, This is a fun one. I I thought this was one of the toughest races in the sequence. I thought there's a lot of different directions you could go. Uh, And then I take, well, no, not the favorite. I'm going to go with the second choice here. Give me wet paint on top. Uh, Philadelphia Pratt Brad Cox connection speak for themselves looked phenomenal last time out winning the Martha Washington was able to win by 2 there. stepping up a little bit here, but there is a lot of pace. This should set up really well for wet paint to be able to come off or swing wide into the stretch and be able to to close them down two for two over a wet track. That last one was wet fast at Oakland. Uh, This is one of those horses that I think just gets a dream set up here. And we're going to talk a little bit about the speed because I am going to try and use a horse that I think can go gate to wire in this spot, um, and I'm going to leave the three grand love off. So I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit here in a second as well. But I think wet paint. Yeah, I like a different horse to go gate to wire. How about mm-hmm. them apples? Uh, but I think wet paint does get a beautiful setup here in this spot. And so I'll, I'll take the seven on top here. I'm trying not to cheat and look at who you pick
0: for this race. Uh, I agree with you. I went too deep here. I went wet paint on top as well. You made all great points. Other one I use the number two toe head nine to two. I think she'll get a pretty great stalking trip from the inside here for Mike Maker, Isaac Castillo. Last out allowance win over the course and distance was pretty nice. Castillo aboard for Maker. They're three for eight at Oakland Park. Um, If you let the three and the one go off early, I don't know if the one is who you thought might also be the gate to wire candidate here. But if you let them and maybe Mike's mystery gate to wire candidate go off, I think a great stalking trip from from an inside post like this will do wonders for her. Never had a bad start in five dirt tries. The only bad effort she had in her career, she was on the turf. She was eighth and uh, eighth of 12 in the grade two Jessamine, but she
1: scratched that off. I think everything she's got on her page fits here. Uh, did you use the two? I did. That was my second pick here. I, I, I liked how it as well. I, I thought that last race was really interesting. First time the horse tried to be off the pace on dirt and seemed to be a significantly better horse doing so. And this is a situation where you're not making the lead so you're going to be sitting off it and probably sitting a pretty good trip off it uh, the one and the three are going to go that was what you, you kind of assumed the three may be the fastest of the two we're gonna to get to a second we're we'll get to the one in a second because that is going to be the horse I'm gonna use a 20 to one here um, but the two is gonna sit a nice trip right behind them has tactical speed you have a little bit of a concern because okay it took nine efforts to break the maiden uh, it, I'm sorry it took seven efforts to break the maiden and then was able to win right back in the eighth. Questions, is that a legit race? Are we going to be able to improve off that third time out here going to mile 16th on the dirt in a row? I do think that 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 race is legit after watching it back. I thought she was really impressive in there, so she fits this very well. And again, if you do have the one and the three going early, it's going to set up for her to get first run. And then the question is, can she hold off someone like Wet Paint or another long shot that I'm going to use here? Um, but yeah, the one. Effortlessly elegant, I think, makes a ton of sense here. And if for some reason Rosario Rosarios and Grand Love doesn't go to the lead, effortlessly elegant could take this field gate to wire. I think it's really interesting. You have this horse running a maiden special weight at Churchill, comes back, runs in a maiden special weight here at Oakland Park, is able to win, open up late, go gate to wire, going six furlongs, went 22, 45 and four. But the first race also showed the ability to stock and, th- and was steadied in that first race as well. If you go back, there was actual trouble for Effortlessly Elegant in that first race. Uh, Dennis nailed it here as well. $475,000 purchase. They didn't buy this horse to go six furlongs. They thought this was a two-turn filly when they purchased her. Now she's going to get the first time to show it. And there's two scenarios here, which I think both line up really well for. Her. A, Rosario doesn't go, and Effortlessly, effortlessly, elegant, effortlessly elegant makes the lead or B, Rosario goes, and you have a horse that's shown the propensity to be able to pass horses sitting directly in second, who I think has all the talent in the world carrying just 117 pounds, a lot in here carrying 122. Um, I think effortlessly elegant 20 to 1 is a, a very nice price to have on the ticket.
0: I was worried about her stretching out for the first time against her first race against winners, and it's here. And it's not, you don't have a full field of just like, holy smokes, look who this one and this one and this one. But there's still, uh, you have a wet paint you have to beat. You have a, you know, Olivia Twist is a, t- a stakes winner. You've got Grand Love, who's going to be tough. Gambling Girl, I know you're going to talk about in a second. Uh, Toehead, we talked about. There's a lot of horses I think might make this difficult. This is the one time to try and catch her, though, because you are going to be stretching out for the first time. And she got she got the rail. That was, like, perfect for her. If she had drawn, mm-hmm. like, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I'd say she's in a, she has no chance. But that rail... That's going to help her because that early turn of foot.
1: Yeah. And Santana will have her forwardly placed. He's going to send her out of the gate and then let Rosario decide how he wants to ride Grand Love. And we know what often happens in that situation is Rosario will back off and let Effortsly Elegant go to the lead. And that's where this scenario where Effortsly Elegant's able to take gate to wire starts to, to show itself. And, and on top of that, you look at what Grand Love has done. Uh, Rosario rode this horse gate to wire, going a mile the 16th went uh, gate to, or I'm sorry, rode her a mile on 16th and she quit in the Pocahontas late in that race after being the lead. Same problem last time out in the breeders, cup breeders cup, juvenile fillies as well, where she makes the lead and backs off. I don't think Rosario wants to get in the pace duel, And so if, if the one does break, I think he's going to be the one who backs off first. And if that's the case, then that one has a shot taking field gate to wire here at 20 to one. You did mention gambling girl as well. That's going to be the other horse on my ticket here. Uh, I'm going to throw her on here at 12 to 1. Pletcher and i never a bad thing, especially in these races. thought she's actually run pretty well in both of her efforts up in New York. Last two of them were both a mile and an eighth, so we're cutting back a little bit here to a mile and a sixteenth. I don't think that's an issue. I mean, she won a stakes race at seven furlongs. She broke her maiden at seven furlongs. Those are both one-turn races as well. We know she can handle two turns based on the last two. Uh, she's going to need to improve. But if the pace sets up well here and IRA can work out a trip, 12 to one is a pretty nice price for a horse that should be flying late that the connections think very highly of.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd consider her for a little bit. It is interesting that Irad and Todd show up here uh, and not, but maybe he wants to save Aqueduct for Julia Shining, who beat her a couple of races ago in the Damoiselle. Um, if there's a horse that's going to come up from the clouds and do it, though, I think it's going to be the seven. I don't think, the, I think the seven is a much better horse at this point than the four is. So... I'm not gonna. I use. But I understand why you're doing it. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about defining purpose. I actually thought she'd be a shorter price than nine to two here. Neither of us using her. The nine horse. I'm sorry. The eight horse for Kenny McPeak uh, and David Cabrera. And the, simply the fact that she completely fell apart. I uh, Hated the wet track last out in the Martha Washington is why I was against her. But she does have a win. The stakes win over this track going two turns. Uh, two starts back. Did you give her the eight horse any look here?
1: Uh, my Kenny McPeak playable number is eight to one or higher. So pretty much any any big I think's going on, <laughs> one or lower is just your eye. Because you don't know what you're going to get. You just you, It's it's wildly yeah. inconsistent. And so you need to be able to get the right price here. And the one caveat to that is if I think a, a horse absolutely lay, lays over the field, I don't think defining purpose lays over this field in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I, I would – She'd probably be like eighth on my ticket, seventh in the twelve horse race. So at that point, at nine to two, I just she's to me is a very tough horse to play. I hope she takes money. I was really happy to see the DRF's lead article today it was McPeak's three year olds are starting to come around. I'm like, great, can't wait to bet against them, <laughs> dude. I said the exact same thing. I forgot about that until you mentioned it, but
0: you're right. Homepage on DRF, it's a big splash about all the McPeaks that are coming up. But I was like, oh, here we go again. Every year with the Romans train, always you know. Everybody falls off the Romans train by mid-February, so now we got to move to McPeak again. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, real quick, Car uh, Ramrod wants to know any love for the Okie bread? That would be the ten. Do you, do you, do you want to dance? Uh, horse is in real deep, but Car Ramrod willing to give it a pass for the last time out. Obliterated Oklahoma bread and the company in the first three starts. Lost the Trapeze Stakes with uh, last of eight. Pretty much just quit. You could say maybe the horse just you know four straight starts wasn't ready for it. I'm not sure. We haven't seen this horse in over two months.
1: Yeah, that was a really odd race. I mean, because it's not like they they blitzed there. I mean, they went 23-47-2, and two, but the horse had gone 22-3-46 going six furlongs and, and still been able to kind of keep it together. So I, the last one's a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. Um, I'd say it's a lateral move from a training perspective, so not not really a big jump up there. If there was less pace in here, I'd have more interest in do you, do you, do you, do you want to dance? Uh, but <laughs> in part of the pace... I'm not as interested in this because I, I can't, in my mind, work out a trip with how do you do? do, do you want to dance, is able to get into the winner's circle and celebrate there. <laughs> and dance there. Uh, let's move
0: on, Mike. The biggest race of the weekend, the one everybody's excited to hear, is talk about oh, – wait, no, that's the next race. First, got to talk about the penultimate leg of the late pick five on Saturday, February 25th, race 11, the grade two rebel stakes, 11 three-year-old Colts, mile on the 16th on the dirt, 50 Kentucky Derby points to the winner – Big news! The first Yafford of 2023 is here. That's your Grade Three Sham winner, reincarnate the six horse. Uh, neither of us used him, but we have no—we each went too deep, and we have no agreement here. So I'll let you take the lead off.
1: Oh, quick question for you: If yes. that was Bob Baffert, not Tim Yakteen as the trainer, what's the morning line? Uh, Willie, the bathroom attendant, price sets you at
0: mm, three to one. Probably about three just- to one, I think.
1: I was thinking maybe the favorite, which I think is kind of crazy just because of the the law Baffert gets there. Um, uh, Look, I I thought I was surprised to see the number I'm verifying here. I was surprised that verifying was two to one. It was one of the main reasons I decided to go somewhere else. I I thought that last race was very good. We'll talk about the distance here a little bit. I mean, he's only gone a mile and a 16th once in his career. That didn't go so well. Uh, Bred very much to be able to handle the distance. But there's a lot of pace in here, and I see this race playing out a lot like that Breeders' Cup Juvenile, where it's hot up front, and I think Verifying is going to be closer to that pace. I think it's a pretty tough spot here for Verifying to kind of come back and try this level of competition again. I'm going to look for the five giant mischief to win this race. Uh, Brad Cox's other horse, I guess, although I think it's probably the better one. You get or Ortiz up. <laughs> And the horse wants to be able to come from the pay- off the pace but has tactical speed. It's been close to a 22-1, 45-4 opening half, uh, going seven furlongs, able to win there, uh, beat Arabian Lion that day, went into the springboard mile. I thought ran pretty good in the springboard mile, had some legitimate issues at the start, just wasn't – didn't get as clean of a trip as you'd like. Now we're coming back here. This is a big spot for Brad Cox to come back and spot this horse in, especially with verifying in the race. So you got to think all systems are go here for giant mischief. And the pace setup is right for giant mischief and it's wrong for verifying in my mind. So that's why I went to the five force giant mischief here on top.
0: And I went with the other Brad Cox on top. I went with verifying on the rail. To me, this is one of the top five Kentucky Derby contenders uh, easily in the country right now. Um, a giant mischief. I didn't love that Cox ran him on Lasix in the springboard mile. Uh, that was a race where if you, you could run Lasix if you want, but you're not going to get derby points. And they knew that and decided to do that anyways. Now they might've just said, we're not the 10 points for winning the springboard mile is not going to make or break this horse's chance of getting the derby. If it is, we, he probably doesn't belong in the derby to begin with, but you have a, you have the issue where they didn't have the confidence from what I read, read into uh read between the lines, I should say with that horse. He did a great job to come back. He, you know, he beat Echo again. That's a there's a feather in his cap (laughs) that spot. Um, but as for me, as far as verifying goes, it he was so impressive last out winning at a mile. Um, he would have beaten gun pilot in second by more, but the finish line was at the 16th pole because they were going a mile. Um, he just looks so good. And I can't get that out of my brain. And he also, he's by Justify. He's a half to midnight Bisou, who uh, still to this day is considered the second place horse in the Saudi Cup in 2020. They still haven't changed that. But point is, they shouldn't have any distance issues with this horse. Uh, the Mount and the 16th Breeders' Cup Juvenile, I'll say, A, he was in a little over his head. It, Blazing Sevens barely beat him in the Champagne, and Blazing Sevens was nowhere to be found in the Juvenile as well. Probably in over his head in that race. Also, Rosario gave him an an old Rosario ride. We can say that now because he's finally winning again. But it was one of those classic, like, give the horse as much trouble and zero chance as possible kind of a ride. So um, I I love verifying here. Flo hops aboard. It's interesting that he hops aboard and leaves Giant Mischief. I don't know really what to read into that. I'm not going to try uh, the other pick for me, I went with the number four gun pilot for a lot of the reasons that I like verifying that last race and allowance over this track was so impressive and would have been even more impressive if you finished at the actual finish line, because that was also a one mile race in that race. Uh, I'm sorry, the race before that, he was second to verifying. He was almost three lanes clear of Two Eagles River. Two Eagles River just beat Disarm last week, and the Disarm was supposed to be a big derby prospect for for Steve Asmussen. So I think that that backs it up very well for him. Um, He won his debut at seven furlongs by open length. So gun pilot, clearly a horse that's meant for two turns as well. You know, he needs to improve to be verified, but I don't see any reason why he can't get enough improvement uh, with the foundation, with the connections he has to be able to topple verifying.
1: Yeah, I I would, I would take gun pilot over verifying here. If I was going to play either of them, Um, I, I think the gun pilot being able to come from off the pace makes a little bit more of a difference. Also significantly better uh, better bred for having a wet track gun pilot over verifying so from a pedigree perspective i'd take gun pilot in that sense as well i have issues with verifying and th- i'm going to go back to verifying because th- i didn't use it and i know you like this horse quite a bit uh I, the the backwood effort the champagne like the horse just stopped and blazing sevens was able to come from way off the pace in a slow mile like i i just i agree with you verifying should have no issue with the distance but man the two times this horse has gone a mile Before that last race, which was coming off the bench, it was a problem. And then the other big issue for me here is verifying passes the eye test in that one last race, but gun pilot ran second. What if that race isn't that good? And that to me is like, and I realized, you know, if, if but if that race isn't that good, then all of a sudden these two horses are in a world of hurt against some pretty accomplished horses throughout this list, right? And so I just if I was going to take one of the two, I would take gun pilot verifying may freak and run off the screen. And that could totally happen, but I'll let that happen because I think a lot of people are going to remember that last race. And I don't, I think verifying six to five and I just don't think verifying should be anywhere near that number in this spot.
0: Yeah. He's going to be bet pretty heavily here. Um, kind of makes me wish reincarnate was so listed with Baffert just so we could, so so we could get a better price on him here um the two cocks are going to take so much money here um before we talk about your other pick here uh dennis brings up a great question verifying is picking up five pounds from his previous start giant mischief is losing four pounds it's a nine pound swing In is that matter as much to you like not just that one's
1: gaining but the other is losing did that play into your handicapping um so I, i think it's a great question whenever people talk about weight and tell me it doesn't matter I asked the simple question, why are there really good bug bug jockeys all over the place when they're getting (laughs) seven pounds and then they can't win when they're equal weights? What magically happens that weight doesn't matter, but bug jockeys win. And as soon as they lose the bug, they can't win a race. And it happens almost consistently to every bug who goes from, from seven down to five down to zero. That down to zero is a massive drop in their win percentage. Their skill hasn't changed. It's the five extra pounds, guys. Like that's why they give the bug jockeys that break, and it happens consistently with these jockeys. We talk about bugs; they're successful all over the place, and then they are just not on the map when it goes to zero. And so, yeah, it makes a big difference. And in this way, in this race, five pounds is a big difference. I mean, it's my dad taught me each pound is worth a length. If you think about it that way, that means Verifying has to be five lengths better than Giant Mischief. Um, I On the turf, I look at it more when it's a, like, if a speed horse is carrying less weight, I think there's value there, but weight definitely does matter. And five pounds is a big gap. It is not an insignificant amount of weight here. One other thing on Giant Mischief as well, I think that the Lasix, that doesn't bother me at all because it's a $400,000 race that early in the season. So it's a huge valued race with minimal points on the line. It's more valuable to win the springboard mile than it is to get the 10 points for the Kentucky Derby.
0: Yeah. And that, that's the part of it is that they've raised that purse up to $400,000 for the springboard mile. So they were going after the big money. And, and before you talk about uh, your other pick here, Jessica Piper is a perfect one. I mean, we love Jessica Pfeiffer on this show when she was a, a apprentice. The second she lost that, and she was the eclipse winner. The second yeah. she lost that, do you know what Jessica Pfeiffer does now? She exercises horses in the morning
1: and she's now a simulcast co-host. Like wow. she doesn't even race. Joseph Trejos. Do you remember him? He was a phenomenal bug at Gulfstream Park. Now he's riding a about that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like there's there are so many examples of bugs who just do very, very well getting 10, seven or five pounds and cannot hang, handle it when they're facing that same jockey colony at zero. The, the weight, if you if anyone questions whether or not weight makes a difference, that is the easiest thing to point to and say, yeah, it does. Or else these guys would be just as successful.
0: Uh, let's talk about your other pick here. Red Route One, second last time out to Arabian Night came from. I don't even want to say the, the rain clouds, I guess, because of how rainy it was there. But yeah, he, he closed like a, a freight train. Um, was not going to catch for uh, Arabian Night, but uh, definitely a great looking win. And now he's going to get an extra sixteenth of a mile in the stretch to get the try and get the job done. I just think he's going to be too far back. I'm worried about him uh, to get the win. But you like him. You used him.
1: Yeah, I, I think I've talked about the pace quite a bit here. There's a lot of horses signed on with 100-plus early time forward speed ratings. You've got multiple horses that not just want to be close to the lead but want to be on the lead. Uh, Reincarnate, obviously, going to go. you got to expect confidence games going to be forwardly placed. Both of the one and the four should be forwardly placed. Frosted Departure pretty much has no choice but the 12, 11 p- post to go. All of that is going to set up for these horses to be able to come from off the pace. And, look – Christian Torres has been riding really well. I know he's not a household name, but he has been awesome at Oakland. 47 wins, 219 miles, 21%. He wrote, He's going to take this mount here for it, it We're going to get the pace set up. And you look at, okay, you had a nice little two-and-a-half-month break there between the grade two Kentucky Jockey Club, which is kind of turning out to be a pretty good race with instant coffee in that one. And, now, and then the Southwest, it was a very good effort off the bench. Now we're going to step up here, but if we can improve off that last effort, the numbers fit, the pace fits, the price is right at 10 to 1. I think the three red route run makes a ton of sense, which also makes me a little concerned for how good this overall field is because I've been banging on red route one for a little bit. But I do think this is a great spot for him and I like the price. I, I think this is the aspect they have to fear the most.
0: Yeah, Mark brings up a great point that uh, reader It's a great point that you made that Kentucky Jockey Club, even though the buyer wasn't great for uh, for the participants involved, it's still producing good horses, at least at this stage of uh, the circuit. Where are we at? The mid late February here. I forgot what day it was. Um, yeah, it's it's a good point. Uh, you're right. Christian Torres has been on fire at Oakland Park, and if he, boy, if he keeps this up, you go into the summer. Maybe he gets to a big circuit. Uh, maybe in uh, maybe. Big sort of being like Kentucky if he goes there. Uh <laughs> if he has a good spring, maybe Keeneland, maybe Churchill Downs, uh, you could see him at Del Mar. Remember, Ramon Vasquez did this. Vasquez used to tear it up in the southwest and at Oakland in the Midwest. And then he showed up to California. It was like he was beating the piss out of a lot of people. We were not used to that in California. So yeah, Christian Torres is is doing a great job here. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good
1: one to use, or a good me? jockey to be using. He's one of the success stories from a bug perspective. I mean, I remember what, him when he was seven pounds off or seven pound apprentice. Uh, and there are other good stories about Jim. Like Ray Lou Gutierrez is, is one that comes to mind right away where he was in New York and he was a bug up there and, and did very well. And now he's starting to really go. He went to smaller tracks and kind of worked his way through it. And now you're seeing him get some big time rides at fairgrounds. And you've seen, seen him do very well at some of like the, the Lone Star parks. He's slowly working back up the ranks. But that is what you commonly see is that the really successful bugs then drop down to lower circuits and then have to work their way back up once they get more skilled. All right, Mike.
0: The race everybody's really super excited for. The finale at Oklahoma Park. I can't believe they did this to us on a rebel day. Fifth and final leg of the late pick five of Oklahoma Park on Saturday, February 25th, race 12. I wrote it's a real kick in the nuts. 12 Arkansas bred maidens going six furlongs. Ages three and up, main specialty. So they haven't been kicked to the curb to the Arkansas bred maiden claiming level yet, though some of them are coming out of that ring. Where'd you go on top here?
1: This is a mess of a race. I'm just going to come right out and say that. I singled here because in these type of sequences, if you like a horse, sometimes it's better to just not overthink it just single that horse and be able to spread where you want to earlier. And that's what I was able to do. I'm going too deep in the last race of the three five. I'm going to single here. Allow me to go four deep in the early legs. If you want to expand any of my early legs, it gives you the ability to do that for a pretty cheap cost as well. Aaron answered the question: what's the angle that you think is the most valuable? Last on the show on Blinkers Off today. And he said it was dropped from the maiden special weight down to maiden claiming. Well, you know what dropping from maiden special weight in California to state bred maiden claiming is in Arkansas? Not as big of a drop. Seven horse here. Midnight taxes coming in from California. Going to be the first time facing Arkansas breads. And, man, these are some bad Arkansas breads that we're taking on here. Um, has tactical speed. Gelded for the first time. Had Lasix for the first time. Midnight loot. Very good off-track sire. Chris Hartman, we talked about earlier, clicking off at 33% right now at this track. 24% with first-time starters. To me, the seven is just better than these horses. Um, and, and so I'm willing to just take a stand. Hopefully we're second choice, get three to one or get the will pays in the, the three to one range there for midnight taxes and try and get through this race with a single, which allows me to be able to spread early in races that, look, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say this is my most confident opinion, but this is definitely my most separating opinion. I think the seven is the best horse in this race. I don't think it's that close. I'm just going to go ahead and single.
0: <laughs> listen this was my top pick in the race so i'm not going to say this was a bad horse to single but holy shit you're singling 12 you're not even feel the six or eight or ten there's full field of 12 two also eligibles uh as mark says uh it, it's my home track and they screw us every big day with a straight race <laughs> it's crap Aaron says it's, uh, welcome to Oakland. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I, oh boy. Carl Ramrod nailed it. Taking a page out of, uh, out of an Irish playbook. How about a, how about a 40 K maiden special weight, uh, sprint on the turf to close
0: this puppy out? <laughs> New York breads, of course. And there's like 16 of them entered for it. Yeah. Um, all right. So I agree with you on midnight taxes that coming from California, by the way, when he was, uh, the two dirt efforts were really bad because he had two turf efforts that were okay. Um, he was facing open company. And he lost to two Baffert's. Like nobody beats Baffert's in California in Maiden Race. Two Baffert's. National Treasure in Newgate. Two Baffert's that were on the Derby Trail. <laughs> that's true. Sorry. Yes, I did bury that. Yeah, Newgate was in Newgate and National Treasure there. Um, but yeah, the last time out, fourth on the turf, the winner was nine lengths clear. He was two next behind second. And that's the race that made me go, okay. He's going to have a shot, and then you see Chris Hartman's going to be his trainer now. Okay, now he's really going to have a shot, so I like that. Um, I went five deep here. I'll roll through them because he's not worth talking about that much. Next up for me, number six, Stuck in Snow uh, for the other Von Himmel, Donnie Von Hemo with Luis Kunona's riding. I think this might be your early leader. He was buried inside last time out with a bunch of horses, didn't have a shot. Two prior starts before that were both good efforts uh, at two versus Arkansas Breds. So I could see him getting the job done. Uh, I went looking for prices for some of these other ones. Number, uh, the third horse for me, number 11, Dancing Rocket. Tim Martin and Kylie Jordan, the, uh, oh shoot, Tyler's Tribe Connections. Um, two good efforts in, in 2023 so far. <laughs> second last time out versus Maiden Claimers, but there's open company Maiden Claimers and you got second against them. Now drops back down to Arkansas bred ranks. Third start off the layoff. I could definitely see some improvement out of this horse. You're scratching your no chin about that one. <laughs>
1: I I mean, I I wouldn't, I'm not going to mock you. And the horse is coming out of a 10 to 15K maiden claimer race into what is this? Arkansas' Uh, Arkansas. $90,000 maiden special weight. And I don't think, I can't say that the horse doesn't fit. That's what's crazy to me.
0: (laughs) Uh, Next up for me, number two, Skyped at nine to two, just three straight good efforts versus Arkansas bred. Since Renee Burrell began training and her husband Calvin began riding. That, to me, was a tip that this horse is improving. Uh, should definitely at least be around in the mix in this stretch at the, at the top of the stretch. Last for me, number four, table money at 8-1. to one, Steve Asmussen trains. Keith Asmussen riding for his dad. Big reason for this is the ownership, the brots uh, They've had a ton of big price, great horses, including Matoli with the Ass Man. They don't screw around with Arkansas breads, ever. They're like big ticket owners. They've got an Arkansas bred here, and they gave it to Asmussen, not someone else. Uh, the grandson of Uncle Mo, out of a sire, uh, who won two times at Oakland Park, won the debut. So he's got that going for him. It is a mess of the race. I th- I'm with you on that seven's the best horse. Um, I At one point, where is it? Michael Myers did say that he was going to just slam the all button. There it is. I don't disagree with that. I almost was going to single verifying and then hit the all button here. And then I started really looking. And I was like, there's a bunch of these horses that are just... They need to be just horses in somebody's pasture somewhere. They really don't have a uh, business trying to run um, races like this. So because of that, I left them off.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I had the two and the six, both as, as starred horses that I considered using if I was going to rework the ticket. I think the 10 is one that at five, the two makes sense. Uh, I, you know, not crazy about the horse, but at five, to two, I do think it's a, a decent one. I think you got to take a long look at the one. That was actually the horse that I considered using with the seven if i was going to try and rework the ticket to go too deep shake up draws the rail here Uh, this is the you know this is going to be the sixth effort but i like the fact that specifically the last couple races we've just gotten a little bit better you see that marginal improvement for brett calhoun's a solid barn solid trainer You get arietta up eight to one on the morning line for a horse that's clearly getting better and learning from each start Whereas some of these is just like it's the same race every time or it's it's Fluctuating back and forth between good race, bad race, or they, they learn something here, but then they're terrible for two. The one has that upward trajectory. Whereas if we see another improvement from a numbers perspective, both time form and buyer, all of a sudden the one fits here at eight to one. So that was the one I was mainly concerned about. Um, as for Michael's questions here, uh, you're worried about the, the seven as a three year old facing older. In maiden special weight, sometimes that's a good thing <laughs> because you have horses that have lost a lot that are the older horses. Um, you also get weight breaks here. So I'm carrying 120 versus the older horses carrying 125, which I think we just talked about weight quite a bit. Pretty significant weight break there. And to me, this is just a drop in class. I mean, this is literally in my mind dropping from maiden special weight down to maiden claiming from where we were. I mean, right, going from open company in California maiden special weight against Bob Baffert horses to state bred Arkansas maiden special weight, where Magic made a legitimate argument. For a horse coming out of a 15000 dollars maiden claimer to be used. You can't underestimate you can't over understate how big of a drop that is.
0: Uh yeah, Michael Myers is great. It says thanks. That's a good point on the weight. Yeah, it's uh he'd asked about that. I'm glad that you uh brought that up. Um you know what's also about the one, uh dollars purchase But Breck and Trains. Tom Durant is it usually a bigger ticket, he's not gonna screw with Arkansas Breads. He usually has some. I mean, he has Louisiana breads with Brett Calhoun, but he doesn't usually do this. So another like interesting little move here, and, and a lot of that I do want to praise Oakland Park here. We haven't done <laughs> it yet. Um, the purses. What the hell are they running for in this race here? They're running for ninety thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, other,
0: these horses are running for ninety thousand.
1: Mike. <laughs> other thing on on Shake Up too, debuted at Churchill in a hundred twenty thousand dollar open maiden special weight, and was five to mm-hmm. one. There was some steam behind this horse at multiple points in its very early career. Um, so I, I, to me, Shake-Up is the horse that, that could shake this race up here if you were really trying to find out, find a way to, to, to kind of upset the apple cart a little bit and try and stay short on the ticket. Like I said, the seven to me is, is head and shoulders above this field. I'm willing to just single here and hope I'm right, be able to spread earlier. But if I was going to go too deep, it would be Shake-Up.
0: That's gonna do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining us to go through Oakland Park's late pick five. I just glanced up and saw the time. I was like, "Wow, we actually we uh, we, we just, it felt like it was a 15 minute show." I was like, "How are we done so fast?" It's not. Um, just like blinkers off. Only felt like an hour and a half instead of two today. By the way, go check it out. Blinkers off episode 600. The guys were mostly just celebrating episode 600 after doing the rebel coverage. Um, tons of fun surprises. Jared did not disappoint with that promise. Uh, lots of call in. Uh, congratulations, uh, people giving questions to the show, which was great. So uh, make sure you check that out. But as far as we go, we'll give out our tickets one last time. If you're watching on YouTube or on Twitter, it is down below. Uh, if you're going to be catching us on the podcast, we'll read it off for you. I will start off. You know, one nine with one two nine with two seven with one four with two four six seven eleven. That's sixty dollars,
1: Mister Summage. I'm going to go one six eight nine with two three four nine with one two four seven. With three five, and then I will single the seven. That's sixty four bucks for fifty cents. One thing I want to mention real quick. I think Michael makes a great point here. Would you play a pick four and press for ten dollars? Singling the seven, maybe spread a little in the pick five. You can afford it. I think this is a phenomenal sequence to press if you have opinions because I like the two horse that we both have on top, four to one in that second leg of the pick five. You've got the one horse who's on the rail, who's speed uh, in the first race. If you like those horses, if you like other horses and you want to have and you can find multiple singles in this sequence, I think it's a great one to play, you know, a a three single ticket for five bucks that costs you 20 and you go too deep in the other legs. To me, the toughest leg really is how you get through that 10th race. Um, And and if you have big opinions in that 10th race, I think then this is a great sequence to to, uh, press in. If your opinion is a little more lukewarm, it's a little bit harder. Um, I will probably play this as a a five to 50 cent sequence where I'll probably have a $5 ticket that'll cost between 15 and $30. Then I'll play a $2 ticket. That'll be between probably 40 and 50. And then the 50 cent ticket here for 64 bucks. So that my opinions are pressed in each leg. Whereas if I'm right in all five, I get paid because this will pay if I'm right in all five as well.
0: Uh, That similar uh, stretch kind of worked for you yesterday, didn't it? At Gulfstream park. Was that yesterday?
1: It was, it was a good day to press the late pick five at Gulfstream yesterday. (laughs) That was pretty fun. Was yeah, a good Mike, day to watch Mike hit that. bet daily yesterday. We gave out the one of the singles and nine to two in that that feature race. The um yeah, by the way, the dudes who bet daily went really well yesterday.
0: I gave out the trifecta for Mike's race of the day. By the way, Mike Mike tries to pick a competitive like race that actually requires like in depth analysis and discussion, and it was it just yeah you and then here i am picking shocking, and i think it finished seven that but that's okay you guys got me covered
1: i kind of screwed us today we had a 50 to 1 winner in the race of the day
0: boy i went and looked at that and i was like nobody was close to that one that's fine you can have those 50 yeah. to 1 shots Everyone, small girl stream real, real um, quick before we yeah, go, go one
1: more thing too uh Car Ramrod, I'm gonna post up the late pick five for Charlestown tonight uh, on Twitter. So if you're following me at Salamov18, you can find that over there. We've got a carryover in the late pick five at Charlestown tonight, so I'll be throwing that up as well after this show concludes. I haven't seen the scratches yet, that's why it's not up yet. Nice to have that late. Car
0: Car Ramrod had the, I think, comment of the. No, Pedlo had comment of the the show this morning for Dudes to Bet Daily. There was a lot of great comments. If you haven't yet, join us for Dudes to Bet Daily. It's every uh, Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, nine Pacific. It, don't watch for, if you don't care about sports, you're not interested. Don't watch for that. Be part of the conversation in the chat. That's honestly the best part. It's why I keep showing up because it's just so much fun. There's always something new every day. And then Carl Ramon says that he uh, tended to run with the Phillies that didn't get the weight break before he found his wife. So that, that, that was my favorite comment this whole show. So I wanted to bring it up. Uh, talk to me about Min Woo Lee, I, real quick, because I saw this. I saw you tweet <laughs> about it and I had no idea what you were talking about.
1: Uh, I've decided I'd like to bet golf now. Uh, This is a decision I made about three weeks ago. It's because I want to find something to get into post NFL that I think you can kind of find some angles at and take like small shots. Right. So bet a little win a lot. Uh, I'm on Minwoo Lee coming out of the Australian tour here. We had a break since we've had four straight events out on the West Coast. We're flying all the way east a lot of the golfers not showing up for it. your highest ranked golfer is uh Sun-jae Im uh, who I was 3 under last I looked but Minwoo shot 200 today in a good spot the leaders at 5 31 to 1 on Minwoo pre pre-event so I'm going to try and post up who I bet uh, before each event just uh, just throwing it out there cuz I like look here's the thing you bet 50 bucks you bet 20 bucks whatever it is you got a shot at a few hundred and a nice sunday sweat all day cuz I do enjoy sitting down on a sunday Enjoying a couple of adult beverages and watching the final round of a golf tournament when it's like the the majors, right? I'm wondering if I have one of these tickets live, if I will also enjoy it. I'm guessing the answer is yes, because I did watch the Daytona 500 last week because I was very close to hitting that one, too. So uh, (laughs) I figure maybe I get a little more Sunday golf interest if I just uh, sprinkle some of these outright winners in. I still can't believe that you were betting and watching the Daytona
0: 500. I have bet golf one time in my life. I was in Vegas, and they had they just happened to have the tournament um, near Red Rocks Casino. I forget what course is over there, but they had the the tournament going on there. And so it was Sunday. It was the final day. And so my buddy and I, we had passes to just kind of walk around the course. And I never did a golf tournament. I was like, sure, let's go. So we, uh, we got to Red Rocks, and we parked there. And I remember like, the, I think the first tee was about to go. I was like five minutes away and I just ran into the sports book. I saw who was leading they had a, like a one or two stroke lead. I was like 50 bucks. I don't even remember the guy's name, 50 bucks on this person. And the guy won. I bet the chalk, but it worked out. It was nice. Um, so yes, Michael Myers, I agree. Betting golf is the funnest because I
1: don't have a story opposite. <laughs> Wildly underrated event to attend. No one thinks to attend golf tournaments. It is so much fun to just post up on a, like a, a pick a par three. And what we would do is we'd take, we got, we each got a, a thing, $100 worth of dollar bills. And every golfer who goes, you just go in a circle and you put two bucks down. And if they hit the green, you take the pot. If they miss it, the next person puts two bucks down. And if that person hits the green, you take the pot. And so you're just rooting for people to hit greens. Eventually, because too many people are hitting greens, they had to make the pot for you to take the pot. So you're rooting for birdies. So you got one person rooting for it, two people rooting against it. It was a blast. We just sat there the whole day. Was betting on uh, whether or not people would hit the green or make uh, make putts, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, Dennis, who did I have? I had Larson, who was uh second at the restart right before the end, and Eric Elmay Lori or whatnot, who was up there all day but just couldn't uh, couldn't finish the job late for me.
0: This uh, did you click on it there? This, the over for right turns in the Daytona 500 went remarkably well. <laughs>
1: did you know lots of crashes? Longest Daytona 500 in history.
0: Because they had so many caution laps on, in uh, overtime?
1: Yeah, they had, they had multiple overtimes. So there was the longest uh, Daytona 500 ever run. Oh, boy. Uh, Dennis
0: says he used to want to be a NASCAR driver for a long time. Dennis, sometime, if we ever actually meet in person, I'll tell you about the time I actually was a, a, a short circuit NASCAR driver for a very brief time. So I do have that in my backpack. We'll save that for another time, though.
1: We actually, Aaron and I were texting the other day, and we're considering sending Dennis undercover to do an investigative reporter story on a horse racing scandal that we have found out about, but the general world does not know about. It's not that serious, so I'm willing to say
0: it here. Must not involve Chad Brown, then. (laughs) Uh,
1: No, I don't think I've seen any of his horses involved.
0: If you want that full story, make sure you subscribe to our OnlyFans page, OnlyFans.com slash Magic Mike Show. Make sure you put show. Otherwise, you get two totally different, like, very hairy, heavy-looking guys. So don't make sure you put show at the end of that. And speaking of show, if you haven't yet, again, go check out Blinkers Off, episode 600. It was a ton of fun. Um, Treat it like Mike Betts golfing on Sundays. Just sit down, get a couple of adult beverages, get ready to have a blast. Uh, You don't have to bet on that one. You can. You can try to bet. I don't know how you would, but I'm sure you can. Take the over in time.
1: We set the over under an hour 45. It was an easy over.
0: <laughs> easy over because our show was two hours left, theirs was going to start. So <laughs> you got that going for it. But yes, uh, make sure you join us on uh, every, like I said, every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific for Dudes Who Bet Daily. We've been on a little bit of a heater lately, see if we can keep that going. And then on Saturday, we will have a live show, uh, probably at least for an hour. We'll be covering the Honeybee and the Rebel Stakes live. I'll be there. You'll be there. What, you want to host it? No, I'm, it's just you, Oh, I and thought you are no, I thought you were saying we'll switch spots, and I was like, "If no. you want to, uh, no. Aaron and Papa I to do that, that last weekend at... when
1: you were slacking off."
0: <laughs> Aaron and Papa Dude will be there uh, at the track. So I think Papa Dude's going right. Uh, so and Shadi will be there. So make sure you go uh, say hi to them. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the atmosphere at Oakland Park, and then of course, Mike and I'll be back on Monday at five Eastern, two Pacific, uh, to cover everything that happened this weekend. Maybe another short show, uh, but at least some Derby and Oaks action going on. Any final thoughts? We get out of here.
1: Uh, no, fun show. It is it, the, the the scandal is saddle cloth related, so nothing to do with anything else. Don't worry, not a serious thing. Don't want anyone to get all all up in it about it. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to this weekend. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard, he's
0: at some of um, 18 number one, number eight corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Until tomorrow, Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, I'm Magic and I'm Mike. Good luck this week.